Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Welcome to Seasons. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. Hello, Plum. Your hair is particularly plummy today. It's very purple, right? Aubergine, even. You know what it is? I'm not sure if it's actually purple or the gray is sticking out more. I can't figure it out. You know what? Hopefully, in the next 47 minutes, we will get to the bottom of this mystery. The whole show today is all about my hair. I can't wait. Well, it's about your hair and cooking with fire. Thank you all for joining us and listening. We have a great show today. We're talking about carnivores. We're talking about grilling. Meat, fish, vegetables, and it's appropriate because this is a big grilling weekend. Well, hey, it is, and we're getting close to Memorial Day, and you know what that means. It's grilling season, Mm -hmm. and we've got one of the most fun guests you could have on the planet to help answer some of those grilling questions that you may have. Christian Stevenson is known as DJ Barbecue. He's a friend of mine. Uh, We've spent a lot of time with him uh, through podcasts and talking and a fantastic cook. He's a YouTube cooking star. He's a sought-after barbecue expert on the festival circuit in England. Uh, He wrote a book called The Burger Book. So you know this guy's got lots of advice for listeners when it comes to grilling great burgers. And I have to tell you, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. The man knows how to wear a pink shirt. He crushes the pink shirts. Not only pink shirts, wait do you see the spandex he wears. Well, I have to draw the line somewhere. But listen, (laughs) the phone lines are open right now if you want to ask for some advice from someone who's made thousands of burgers over the years. Or maybe you just have your own grilling tips you want to share. Join the conversation. The number is 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. I think we should jump right into it and get down to it. Let's do it. You got to get on here, guys, and help me welcome the one, the only DJ Barbecue, aka Christian Stevenson. Woo-hoo. What's up, Thank brother? How you are guys? you guys? Oh, what what an intro! Hey, now I'm really excited to hear other people's hints and tips on how to cook burgers. Because you know what, the beauty, the beautiful thing about cooking, you're always learning, and that's why I love. I just love hearing you know, other people's hacks. You know how to make that burger even better, taking it to umami land. You know, <laughs> umami land. I love that umami land. Right? Fantastic. So it's very appropriate because here in the lower 48, and you know what, I'll even throw in Alaska and Hawaii sure. too. Why not? Uh, we're embarking Thanks. upon the unofficial beginning of summer. I'm speaking, of course, of Memorial Day weekend. But Christian, or DJ Barbecue, you are coming to us from across the pond. So first and foremost, thank you so much for making time out of your busy day. Um, (laughs) No problem. And I I can't detect the accent, um, but I see you have not picked up a British accent. No, I mean, I was born and raised in uh, Washington, D.C., and then, you know, eventually in a suburb called Gaithersburg, Maryland. Came over here about 20-something years ago, maybe almost 30 years ago, um, and, yeah, took my, my passion to barbecue and uh, went on YouTube, joined Jamie Oliver, got the book deals, and now it's just we make a living catertaining, you know? We, <laughs> We cook beets and meats, and, you know, we, we build these destination places at festivals for people to come and party, you know, and I've cooked I've cooked for like Fat Boy Slim, Kate Winslet. Well, her husband Kate went vegan, so she didn't really eat any of my food, oh, but she was there. <laughs> that counts for something. She was there. Hey, uh, I love the term catertainment or catertainer. We've talked about this before, you and I, but uh, I love the term. Can you just explain that to everybody a little bit? What does that mean? Well, it, it, it's what we do. 
the quickest way to someone's heart is through their stomach and their ears. And we have a, a banging sound system. We actually have, we've built a food truck where you push a button inside and, and it looks like an Autobot. These big speakers pop out of this, this speaker box on top of this custom built food truck. And then we can plug bands into that. We can, we have our own stage. So a lot of times, like if say, you know, burgers, you know, they take about 15 minutes to, to you know, so if we've sold out of burgers, we need to entertain that crowd. So I'll just put on the theme song from Arm Armageddon, you know, a little bit of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. Uh, and then T-Bone, my right-hand man, who's the hairiest guy in the crew, he just jumps on the stage with a shovel or an ax and does air guitar and then sings to the crowd. And then it just goes on to a medley with ACDC, you know, Bon Jovi, you know, all the classics. He He's also um, in a pirate metal band called Carry On. They just do Megadeth, Megadeth covers uh, with pirate voices. So he... He loves the performance, but he's also one of the best chefs on the planet. He's the back of house uh, for MasterChef mm -hmm. and Great British Menu over uh -huh. here, which are two iconic shows. Uh, I just want to point out, too, Marisol wanted to call me T-Bone for a long time as her tag team partner, but I didn't go for it. You know, <laughs> it's plum. It's simple. Well, he, he doesn't like being called T-Bone. He hates it. His real name is Chris Taylor, and his nickname is Chops, but they, he couldn't Chops. find Chops on Instagram, so he changed his name to T-Bone Chops. You know how in America... We, we like to give people the nickname they don't want. Of course. Of course. Exactly. Mine's Plum. I mean, come on. I could have, if I could have picked anything, I certainly would have been a fruit if I could have picked my own name. Moving on. Moving on. Um, hey, man, you wanted to bring Great American Barbecue overseas to England. How's that going? I mean, do they like barbecue there? It's gone crazy. We, we brought, I mean, my, my, my barbecue is a lot in Maryland. It's, it's Appalachian. It's, it's a lot of Carolina. You know, my, my flavor base. You know, we yeah. like tang. We like vinegar. We don't do... We, we don't put sauce in our barbecue. We let the people do it. And because we, you know, we spent 21 hours on that pulled pork sandwich and it's amazing. So we, you know, we pride ourselves on just what the smoke and the rub does. And we, we, we can't cook enough. We sell out every day. I mean, that's why I had to add burgers to the menu because you can't fast cook pulled pork. So, uh, you know, our menu at festivals is, is like an amazing uh, cheeseburger, uh, which we put suet in there to make it even juicier and fattier. It's like what? kind of our version of like maybe doing bone marrow. Now you got to tell, uh, so tell people what suet, suet is so they understand what that is because that's incredible. Well, it's just, it's, just, it's just more fats. You're just grabbing, you know, fats and, and just injecting to, to make that burger super, super, super juicy. Uh, really, really. And we, we do about 800, 900 of those a day. Same in pulled pork sandwich. Or we do a thing called the piggyback. So it's a, it's like a nice, nice cheeseburger with like a big handful of pulled pork on top. You are making our thing... mouths water. And before we get down this grilling <laughs> extravaganza <laughs> rabbit hole, I want to remind listeners, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the live call-in show of Seasoned. And we have the distinct pleasure of being joined by Christian Stevenson, otherwise known as DJ Barbecue. He's joining us from London. He knows all things barbecue. So call us up. Ask a question. Maybe you have a grilling tip you want to share with us. The number is 888-720-9677, 888-720-WNPR. Now, before you even start grilling, I have to believe you want to start with a clean grill. Yes? Well, you you want a or good not. seasoned grill. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no you, you do want them clean. Um, you you know, don't want get... it sparkling. You want it to have a little bit no, of gunk. I, yeah, you, yeah. I, I basically just heat and an onion or a lemon just to and, and a bit of elbow grease and a brush just to kind of get all the, the crud off but you know a seasoned grill is a good grill there's flavor in those walls you know especially with smokers but yeah you want you want a good clean efficient grill but then there's differences with um how you treat your fuel so if you're using 
Um, briquettes, they need a lot more airflow. Um, so you want to make sure all the, all the kind of ash is gone at the bottom of your base if you're cooking out of a kettle or like a Weber-style grill. But if you're using lumpwood, they like more of an ash base, to, to and it holds the heat, and it causes them not to kind of get too much heat and like oh, and quick and cook quickly. So lumpwood, lumpwood charcoal, ash base, and then the other with briquettes, you want to have it more clean and efficient. So it, it just, you know, it, there's a lot of different ways of setting up your grill, but the key to setting up your grill is just indirect. I never, ever have charcoal on my whole base. Never. I mainly do one third technique or half and half. I just have one third of that grill covered in charcoal. That way I have all these different zones for temperatures. You know, you can get, you can cook rest, cook rest, get your sear, put the lid on, turn it into an outdoor oven. And that way you, you can just nail your food. But if you've just got this grill set up with just direct heat everywhere, where are you going to go? Especially when you're doing chicken and fatty foods and you get the fat flare-ups, you got nowhere to go. You need to goof-proof your cooking. Well, so but that, just, that's not – that's what about if you have a gas grill like me? Well, well, gas grills, a lot of them have like, you know, you can do one you side, zones, you can turn yeah. on and then have the other side. You, but you, but you're you not gonna you're not gonna poo poo me for having a gas grill, are you? <laughs> no, I, I started on a gas grill when I was six years old. I worked on that till I was about fourteen, and then I, I discovered you, you know graduated uh, to the, the Weber charcoal. kettle. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, gas or gas is cool. You just can't get the you can't get the right heat with gas. You know, it releases hydrocarbons. Um, you know, it's it's great, it's easy, but good lumpwood charcoal, you can have a hot hot grill in about seven minutes and everybody always says oh i can't get a grill hot enough i just want the ease i'm like man i got hotter coals which you want that hot dynamic heat when you're doing a steak when you're doing a burger you need that you know that rage especially totally. when you're, if you're doing like something like reverse sear where you want to you know make that crust right at the end you want that fire raging so we threw out lots of culinary terms there are lots of techniques i just want to go back to that one indirect heat and I just want to explain what that is to people. It's 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 having the coals and the heat, the the, the main part of your your the heat on one side of the grill, and the other side mm. has nothing. Is that right? That's that's correct. You know, the one thing we always push is like just half and half. If you give yourself half the bottom of your grill, you know, it's got full on, you know, good heat, and then the other side no charcoal. Right. And that way, you can just throw a chicken over there. Mm. You know, put the lid on, roast a chicken, put a leg of lamb on there. It, it, you know, you can do your 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 larger muscles, your large a, a slow cooked Swede. You know, get get Swede or your kind of your your big ones. You know, totally. Uh, celeriac. Uh, here's a killer one: cauliflower. You, you guys yeah. like Old Bay? I'm from Maryland, so we I love, love Old Bay. Cauliflower on the grill. Cauliflower uh, on the so grill we, is delicious. We, just blanch the cauliflower, make a butter with a bunch of Old Bay, and then just go, and just brush it on and then so you kind of hot roast it and then just put it over the you know indirect direct take it over the over the heat and get that little kind of golden brown color oh my gosh mm. it is it is a party in your mouth and it's a vegetable that. it's nature's meat i love that hey before we go to break let's take one quick call christian is that cool mm -hmm. all right let's do it we got jim from Meriden. jim what you got for us today Hey, man, I love the charcoal tips. I'm curious about any uh, favorite grill uh, steak marinades. And my wife says I always overchar red peppers, Ooh. zucchini, and asparagus. Any tips for grilling vegetables? Tips yeah, you know, vegetables. I think with, with, with the vegetables, you know, I, I like overgrilling them. I put my mm. vegetables right in the coals. I, I do a thing called dirty onions. I go straight in the coals. Big, fat Spanish onions, like the big white ones, just leave them there with the skins on. You know, they, they have their own wrappers. 
you know, right. they're going to pop mm. like a volcano. That's great. And with, when you're saying about the peppers, I mean, that's how you cook the peppers. You char them up and then you can just peel the skins off and you've got this beautiful flesh. So, you, I mean, I think you're doing it right. Um, as for zucchini, we call them courgettes over here in the UK. So that, mm. that took me a while to explain <laughs> that I kept saying zucchini. But yeah, I mean, those, you know, with them, you just want to, I guess, give them a nice grill. But I think the indirect technique will just work for all veg, you know. You want to soften them up, but then you want to get that golden brown color. And then what about the marinade? Okay. Is everybody sitting down? Because this is the best marinade in the history of marinades, and it's the easiest one. It's the one my father grew me up on. And when I come home to see my dad every Christmas, he has uh, a couple flank steaks or skirts uh, sitting in a Ziploc bag full of, uh, you know, Italian dressing. Uh, So, you know, your wishbone or whatever you got or just the local grocery stores, classic. And he has that marinating for like, you know, one night, sometimes two, and then take it off, grill it, and – to me, that is the taste of home. That's that's what that that reminds me of just coming home to Maryland, and I love it. So Italian dressing, just a, a beautiful tangy, you know, marinade for 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 meat. And if you want to get a bit crazy, you can do what's called a bulgogi marinade. It's kind of like a sweet and tangy Korean style beef marinade, and that's a really lovely kind of different flavor profile. But with meat, you don't really church up meat. You know, salt and pepper. You know, you let the meat do the talking. But with like tougher cuts, like, you know, flank and skirt, uh, depending on where they are on, on the body towards, because sometimes you get bavette, which can be a lot more uh, tender cut of, a, but it's still that same muscle structure. But I grew up, you know, dad was a greeting car salesman for Hallmark. So he was buying cheaper cuts, you know, and flank likes a bit of a marinade, you know, because it helps tenderize it. That's the beauty of the Italian dressing, because, you know, we weren't getting dry aged meat back in the 70s. So you can you can buy, you know, more, I guess inexpensive cuts Mm -hmm. and do something more wonderful with them. Fantastic. You know, it's time for a short break, but when we come back, we have the recipe for the ultimate cheeseburger that you gave us. It's going to be up on our site. And don't forget to give us a call. We're talking grilling, steaks, ribs, chicken, burgers. You're listening to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Blum. It is the live call-in show. We do this every Thursday. And to honor every the last Thursday of every month, sorry, Plum just looked at me like I had 10 heads. I was like, did I miss something? Am I late? Am yes. I here once a month? Well, the people at PBS like me more than you, so every Thursday I've been coming here. Uh, no, but uh, the last Thursday of every month we do this live call-in show, and you're going to want to call us because to mark the unofficial start of summer, we are talking all things grilling oh, yeah. with none other than Christian Stevenson, a.k.a. DJ Barbecue. So give us a call, 888 888- 720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. So, Christian, we're so excited to have the time with you, man, and I appreciate you being here with us. But I got to ask you, when it comes to making burgers, I always talk about how important it is to talk about the fat content of that burger. And what I mean is when you see that ground beef in the store, that ground chuck, or the mince, as you call it, where you live, <laughs> they, they they have a number by it. It'll say 80-20. It'll say, you know, uh, 85-15. Those numbers mean lean beef to fat content, right? And the higher the fat yeah. content is what I believe is fat equals flavor. The higher fat content, the more flavor you're going to get. Where's your head on that? Well, correct. And, you know, we're always taught, oh, you, you, 
fat's bad, lean meat, you want lean meat. And I, I, I have to tell my friends when we go shopping, they keep going for the 5% fat, 10% yeah. fat. I'm like, what are you doing? Why do you want to make a dry burger? You know, minimal, minimal 20%. There's a burger chain over here. Uh, it's a small burger chain. And they they do one of the best burgers, I think, going, Bleecker. And they're, I can't tell you the actual number because I signed a, 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 a half a day. Yeah. They're but sitting it's, outside it's, watching you. It's, it's well over 30%. Wow. And, I'm, and I, wow. I just can't give you that number because it, it'll, it'll blow you away. And I've done, I've done a 50-50 mix. I think Man. some uh, some some paper towel company challenged me to make a really juicy <laughs> burger. So, I, the the bag of meat, the bag of meat looked like wagyu, minced wagyu, just really white. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like just a little bit of red, and I had to make it like four times the size of a normal burger because it just shrunk because that fat renders. But yeah. oh my gosh, was it juicy? But yeah, I, I like minimal. Like I, I try to do 30 percent beef beef fat ratio, ground beef to fat, and then I'll add suet or I'll add some bone marrow, like get some cold bone marrow, like have it have you have it sliced in half if you can get a hold of a butcher. Oh, and yeah. then just scrape out that bone marrow and, and do maybe mix about seven percent bone marrow into the beef mince. You know, that's a great way of adding lots of like, you know, that's flavor and just more <clears throat> juiciness. I'm so I mean, doing that. That that's definitely going in my repertoire as well. Sounds delicious. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another one of Chef Plum's burger cooking tips, might as well. You ready for this one? This yeah. is when I learned Yeah. I just picked this one up and, and, and DJ Barbecue, I wanna see what you think about this. I think people pack their burgers too tight. They push them oh, together yeah. too harsh. And when they do that, there's no place for those juices to fall and rest. You want those little crevices, those little nooks and crannies inside, in between those little fat layers and, and, and the lean beef. For that fat to kind of rest in, to kind of keep that juice in. If you push it too hard, there's no place for it to go. And, I, I and then you get a hockey fjord, puck. Yeah. Them, yeah, you don't want a hockey puck. You want fjords of flavor. You know what a fjord is? Fjord. You know, mm-hmm. when you, fjords of Norway, those, so F-J-O-R-D. you have these big, huge kind of, cl- mm-hmm. yeah, these big cliff walls, you know, or water cascades. Well, you want to create those nooks and crannies. You want it a bit more looser. So those, those fats render and they got some place to go Yeah, and they can, they can, they can caress and fall and cascade and create these, you know, f- flavor waterfalls. The fjords of the innards of a burger. I love, love this. it. Hey, I want to hear burger <laughs> tips from our listeners. Give us a shout. 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-9677. Tell us what you do for your burgers. What's a tip that mm-hmm. you give for us? What else can we do with burgers? You know, I mean, there's no right or wrong when it comes to them. I think the more you do it, the better you get. So we're speaking about burgers, and can you tell us, DJ Barbecue, your ultimate cheeseburger recipe? Well, I mean, I've got a, I've got a, a couple, but I think the perfect, perfect burger, mm-hmm. like the one that I make for myself, I make for the kids, um, is, is I, I smash it. So I go I go really thin. I huh. I, I, yeah. I think I'm done. I'm done with the days. I do like a big fat burger, but the more I've done it, I kind of do more layers. So I'll go double, but I make them really thin. That way I can just oh. get a really lovely crust on the burgers. That's and then I, I, and then I hit them with mayonnaise, sorry, with, uh, with, uh, mustard? with mustard. Mm-hmm. So the, the classic French is mustard. So once you get your first sear, you flip it and then you glaze on a little bit of the mustard and then you flip it again and cook the mustard in oh. and then do the other side. And then that just adds even this beautiful sweet tang to that burger. You know, even when you, you know when you're a kid and you, you get a McDonald's burger, everybody wanted McDonald's when they were kids. I mean, of other course. fast food restaurants sure. are available, and <laughs> but it was that mustard, onion, ketchup, yeah, you know, that pickle combo. vibe, mm-hmm. that 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 sharp that sharpness 
um, with the tang. And, you know, it's a perfect pickle. You know, it is. Uh, those pickle chips are amazing. And that, that, that flavor, I just want to, I just want to put that one, like, you know, supersize it, supercharge it. And that's why I add the, the, the mustard glaze when I'm cooking it. And then the a key to the good burger is toast your buns. Cause mm. if it's really juicy, you've used, you got a lot of fat content. You want to create a little crust so it doesn't fall apart in your hand. You know, you want to eat that thing in full before the bun falls apart. Hopefully that bun ain't going to fall apart. Yeah. And then, you, so you toast your buns, get them all ready. And then when you cheese your burger, you know, get a cloche or get a bowl or put another frying pan over mm -hmm. the over your surface so you create this super quick heated, you know, environment so that cheese has more, you know, can melt quicker because you've got this kind of oven vibe. And then you put the, the the top bun on and you get a little squirt bottle or just a little cup and you you put a little dash of water right next to the burger and cover it again. And that way you can steam your bun. You get that mm. kind of squidgy vibe. It's kind of like when you unwrap, you know, say like a Five Guys or one of those kind of burgers where in the foil and they kind of have that squidgy vibe. It's almost kind of steamed. But that vibe. to me is 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 the perfect burger. Man, I love that. And hey, I want to give Chef Plum's tip number three. Please. DJ Barbecue yes. just, just reminded me, listen, when you're going to toast your buns, and nothing makes me happier than when someone talks about toasting my buns, I want you to take <laughs> a little bit of mayo and put the mayo on the bun on the toasting side. That little bit of mayo makes the biggest difference in flavor. I'm telling you, it is delicious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, so you're saying you put mayo on the bun Pre-toast? Pre-toast. Yes, sir. Pre-toast. It's like doing that with a grilled cheese. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Exactly. Delicious. It makes a big difference. Oh, because, I mean, you know, I do white sauces. You know, I do the Alabama classic white sauce. Delicious. Just, you know, mayonnaise, mm -hmm. vinegar, lots of cracked pepper, some yep. lemon juice, some Worcester sauce. Um, and I love cooking with mayonnaise. Everybody says, you cook with mayonnaise? Man, I make tomato I pie. I love mayonnaise. mayonnaise and cheese sauce. Oh. Mayonnaise is delicious. Mayonnaise so, is polarizing, but I find it delicious. Yeah, it's fantastic. No, it, it, it's it's. It's my favorite condiment. Everybody asks me, what's your favorite condiment? And you, you think I'm going to say ketchup, but I'm like, nah, mayonnaise, man. Dude. That tang. I'm all about tang. Put it on your buns when you toast them. Let's take another call here. Let's see what we got. All right. We got Charles from New Haven. Charles, what you got for us today? Hi. I'm just calling about burgers. And so, uh, sorry to uh, sort of just roll into it. No, do it. We love so it. Partner, yeah. My partner and I both come from an ancestry to tradition of kebab. And of using different meats, especially lamb, especially delicious. Uh, and so, one of the things that we do when we make burgers, especially when I make burgers, uh, especially with charcoal, is I use different meats or different uh, mixtures to get a different set of flavor profiles mm -hmm. and texture. I especially am a big fan of, you know, a little bit of ground lamb, especially like some like some like maybe a little bit higher fat ground lamb uh, along with beef which gets you that sort of like a nice mixture with maybe even different spices in there or sometimes like a pork and uh ground beef or a pork and a lamb just it's sort of a contrasting sort of set of flavors oh that's a great idea what a it. great tip there charles fantastic uh dj barbecue mixing in lamb with yeah. your mince what do you think this is this is great so charles just made some great uh, i love this so we have a burger in the burger book where we do lamb mince, so you you know lamb shoulder got all that fat content. It's the same cut you would use for beef. You okay. want that chuck, that shoulder. You want the fat content, but yeah, we do lamb and we and we we chop in a little bit of chorizo as well. So mm. you've got that super kind of mm. spicy savoriness to go with the, with the with the lamb. And and you made a good point. 
that fatty lamb, I, that's a, one of my favorite fats. I love when you kind of render down lamb fat. It's just got mm. that beautiful flavor, almost a bit gamey. It's just gorgeous. And then we we top it with like an apricot salsa. Mm. So we, you know, we Yummy. chop up some fresh apricots and just make a little, you know, red onions, some coriander, some lime juice, and that and that kind of sweet sour with that that savoriness of the the mix the lamb and the chorizo is amazing. But I love your ideas. And also, you know, with, with with meatballs, you know, which is just a yeah. a burger that's not yeah. been smushed, you know, that that's a great idea. Is the the pork mince and the and sorry pork, the ground pork you and ground it. beef. I always say mince because I live in England and all my language is becoming English. Plus <laughs> my my accent. But no, Charles, you're spot on, man. I I, I love what you're talking about, man. You, you you know the way. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, let's talk to Matt from Avon. Matt is talking about some less expensive cuts of meat. Matt, what you got for the show? Yeah, inexpensive meats. We know about, you know, uh, hanger steak and flank steak. Anything, though, maybe that you could turn us on to that, because meat prices have gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if we were to, say, hunt around at some Asian markets or, you know, find some new under-the-radar meats this summer. Great question. Great question. Christian, what do you think? Some cuts of meat that well, people you, haven't so heard of. He, he, well, he already name-checked some great ones. I mean, so the, the cuts – there's some great cuts in the shoulder and everybody thinks shoulder is going to be tougher. Cause you know, it's, it's, you've got the brisket that comes down off the belly. Right. So there's some beautiful stuff in that shoulder, you know, hanger, flat iron, uh, Denver, Denver's a great cut. Um, and, th- but then you can move towards the back and there's actually a, a fillet muscle in the rump. The Dutch call it the Kogel or, oh. or we call it sometimes here rump part. So there's like a bullet shaped muscle and you're, if you can get it out, if you can talk to your butcher, you can say, listen, I want that fillet. And you're paying for rump, but you're you're slicing into, you know, filet mignon. You're wow. fine because that's the laziest muscle in the cow. It's the most expensive muscle on the cow. Right. But there is a like version of that, but it's on the rump, which is, you know, always a couple bucks you know, cheaper a pound right. when you go a lot more cheaper than the fillet. So that's a good one. And there's also a thing called a spider steak that's near the uh, rump as well. Um, that's they call it a butcher's cut over yep. here. It's what the butchers, and it's got a lot of fat content. That's a great one. But really, I would I just go back to what my dad did. You know, we if we got a sirloin, it was like once every six months. If we got to have a sirloin, that was a treat. It was all diaphragm and belly. You know, you, you, those kind of cuts, and that's why. But the problem is, brisket's gone up in price. And was, that's that's yeah. the tough that's a, one. Yeah. So feather blade is a really good cut you can use for slow cooking to kind. Of, if you don't want to do brisket, that's another great cut. But yeah, just dive into that shoulder. There's also a little muscle called the, uh, it's kind of called the faux filet. And the ter- it's called, it's if you did major. the biological term, it's called terrace major. And it's like the second or third most tender muscle on the cow, and it's in the shoulder. And it's a beautiful almond shaped little fillet. Uh, it's a gorgeous steak. But yeah, yeah they're, again, they're in there. You just got to, it's just getting that know how to talk to the butcher and finding a butcher or a supermarket that can cut it for you. Right. That sounds delicious right there. I love all those cuts of meat. Let's go to Scott from Manchester. Scott, what you got for the show today? Talking yeah. burgers. Yeah, hi. Yeah, hi, guys. Hey, listen, um, one of the things, you know, I, 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 we've, I've been cooking burgers forever. At least it seems like it. Um, and, you know, I still, and I think those patty makers are probably some of the worst inventions ever had. Because, Amen. Again, they, you're right. They yep. the burgers down. But one thing um, I learned a, several years ago is to put that divot in the burger, especially yeah. the larger the burger you make. Um, and I'm assuming that actually is a legit, it works for me. It keeps my burgers from, you know, becoming a ball. Um, so you guys, I'm assuming you guys use that technique as well. I have in my own 
cooking at home for sure. It, it's sort of that little little scoop. You press right down, makes that little that little dimple in the, into the center of the burger there. Uh, DJ Barbecue, how about you? You ever do that technique? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've done it, but I, I really make mine really flat. So a lot of times that people smash their burgers on the on the plancha or their fry yeah. pan. Uh-huh. I really smash them and make them nice and flat or just on, on a chopping board. Um, you know, with the, for the frying pan or I'll use a book. I'll just make them super flat because I know what he's talking about. If I'm going to, if I'm going to do them right on the plancha, like just push, maybe on some really thin onions, like an Oklahoma style cheeseburger, you know, we get the onions first really thin and then you smash the burger on top. Oh. Then I would use, uh, the gentleman's technique, but I tend to really, because my kids are really picky. So I just <laughs> when I'm doing it at home, I, I just I, I like to get them really flat and perfect because they just judge me so much because I've written a book about burgers. And, I you know, on a weekend, I'll sell 3,000 burgers at a festival. So they're like, Dad, you know, don't mess this up. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's hysterical, man. <laughs> I, know we're, I know we're talking burgers, but there, surely there are other proteins that we can get into. And I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about ribs. I know we mentioned brisket, kind of tough on the wallet, but what about ribs? Yeah, you know, if you can get them, great. You know, it's it's, it's a cheaper cut. Pork's always cheaper than beef and, and lamb. Uh, and I, you know what I've been doing a lot lately? I just love baby backs because I can mm-hmm. just do them quicker. Yeah. Uh, and the key is just gen- gently cook those things. You want to render all the connective tissue. So I just put a tiny little fire on the far side of my Weber you know, and I just throw a couple racks of baby back on the far side, just gently work them, you know, and after about three to three hours, five hours, depending on, you know, barbecue is done when it's done. And that's yeah. the key. Everybody always like, you know, what, when do I pull it? I go, well, as soon as you can get your thumb fully into that meat, you know, the meat starts soft, then you slow yeah. cook it and it tightens. And then as it breaks down, it softens again. So you just about, it's about getting that touch, pushing your finger into the meat. Same with pulled pork, same with ribs. I was doing spare ribs for a while, but because I've got to get things done quicker, you know, I, I just backs, went right. to baby backs. Now it's like my go-to thing. And we do a really fun recipe in uh, Fire Food, the second book, where we do like a Szechuan mopping sauce. So kind of mm-hmm. your classic mopping sauce. I use Szechuan peppers. Now, if you're not familiar with those peppers, if you bite on one, it, it's like a Novocaine for your mouth. It yeah. kind of numbs your mouth. <laughs> and it's a really good one to use because then you can just use lots of chilies and make it spicy, <laughs> it but then hurt, you don't right. feel the heat right. until the next day. <laughs> Man. Hey, listen, uh, Chef Plum's barbecue tip of the day number four, Marisol. You yes, ready? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. I'm just, this is something I just came up with, too, uh, just to start saying these tips out here. But listen, I when like you're doing it. ribs, one of the things you got to remember to do, it makes things a lot easier. And DJ Barbecue can back me up on this. There's a membrane on the back of those ribs, right? It's a, it's a, it's a thin little membrane. You can take it with a pair of pliers. And you, can, you can peel it right off the back of them. Or you can sometimes if you take a knife and do one little thin slice, you can pull it off in two pieces. Taking that membrane off will make your ribs cook faster and be way more tender. Interesting. I mean, or now, see, that's what I do when I want to cook faster. And, but a lot of times, I want to cook easier. Oh. So I leave the membrane on for a little bit of uh, t- just to kind of Protect look after it? my food. So I can, if I get a bit lazier, I've had another beer, and I, I come back over there because it, it'll flake off. And I'm I'm eating the other side, but for ease of eat, it's a great thing to do. Take it off, and you will get you'll penetrate that meat. But I also look at it as a barrier. And I kind of, so a lot of times if I'm just a bit lazy, I leave the membrane on and just use it to kind of, you know, look after my food. Yeah, that makes total sense. We want to hear what you guys do with your meats out there. Why don't you give us a call? Our number is 888-720-9677 or 888-720-WNPR if you prefer to use the letters on your phone as opposed to the numbers. Uh, We're talking to DJ Barbecue. He's got several books out. He is a 
grilling machine, all kinds of tips and tricks going on here. Christian, I want to just go back to that Szechuan mopping sauce. When you do the mop, when you actually make the mop, like you can you, you can use like a like an actual sponge or a grill mop, but can't you also just take a bunch of woody herbs and use that as well? Yeah, I call them you know herb herb wands or herb brushes. Yeah, uh, we use we actually use these at festivals. We do a whole leg of cow over a spit, so we use the whole we the whole that haunch with the, the with the rump. We make big vats of butter and beef fat, and we just make we just on, on a big long stick. We just tie up tons of rosemary, <sighs> sage, thyme, all those kind of woody, mm-hmm. you know, savory herbs, and then yeah, or you the best way to do it for at home is get a wooden stick, you know, wooden spoon, and just go to the opposite side, tie uh, some, some like hemp string or some string around a, a big bunch of herbs, and then push the, uh, the, the small bit of the, of the spoon, not the spoon bit, in there, and then you, and that will hopefully be nice and tight. And then just do like a, a butter, beef dripping, put some rubs in there, some spices, and you just got a, like a flavored butter like that, or oh, yeah. hot smoke roast some garlic. And then mm. squeeze that into the butter for a base. If that isn't mop sauce, I don't know what <laughs> is. We're going to take one more short break. Don't worry. There's still plenty of time to call in and speak to DJ Barbecue. We're talking grilling. Call us at 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Call us. We're seasoned. Welcome back to season. I'm Chef Plum. I'm Marisol Castro. And we're hanging out with the one and only DJ Barbecue, getting ready for barbecue season. There's grilling going on. Memorial Day is right around the corner. And, and we're going to jump right back into it. Christian, Mary is calling from Stanford, and she's got a question for us about burgers. Mary, what you got for us today? Hey, guys. I love the show. I look forward to Thursdays at 3 o'clock. Um, hey, we I love you. Thank you. <laughs> I was wondering, do you, should you season the chopped meat before you make the burger? Oh, great. No, no, no. Uh, it's it's a great question. And then I know a lot of people do that. You want to let the beef and the fat do the talking and then just hit it at the end. So salt, pepper, maybe a little bit of onion granules, garlic granules, uh, maybe t- a dash of cayenne you add a bit of flavor. But really, a burger just should be seasoned at the end. Wait, wait, sorry, before the cook but not when you're mixing it. You don't want to mix the, the seasoning in the meat. You just want to, you know, hit it, dust it with that cracked pepper and salt. But sometimes to, to give it a bit more of a lift, I'll add a bit of onion granules and garlic granules, the same kind of stuff you put into like maybe like a, a barbecue rub, like an all purpose, just minus the, the paprika and the brown sugar. Yeah, I agree with DJ barbecue there, except sprinkle, for- So you just sprinkle it on the meat? Yeah, just, spr- just sprinkle it on the burger right before you cook it. Just salt and pepper, but okay. you can just add a little bit of the other stuff to give it more um, more flavor, more tang, you know, more kind of, mm. uh, but here's a really good tip for grilling a steak. Uh, I don't put pepper on my steak before I cook it. That's where I was I going. I just hit it with salt. Yeah. A plum nose, man. Uh, pepper can go acrid. And when you're hitting that steak with the right heat to get that crust, uh, pepper can go bitter. Pepper so burn. what pepper I do is burn. I just hit it, I hit it with a flake salt. Yeah, it can burn. Peppers burn. And that you probably remember that flavor as a kid because mm-hmm. you, you know your family would just put pepper on steaks and you were like, 
I like it, but there's a bit of a bitterness to it. Well, try it without. So just put the pepper at the end because your steak's still resting. I mean, I, I rest my steaks for half the amount of time I cook them for sometimes, Absolutely. especially if they're really big. So the juices go back in. But that's when I hit it with the cracked pepper and just give it a good dusting and then a little bit more salt in the end when, after you slice it. And that is the perfect way to cook. But a great question. Great yeah, question. I, I agree with DJ Barbecue for the most part on everything there. With the burgers, minus all, what I like to do, though, is I finish them with the ple- black pepper. I don't cook them with black pepper on there. Mm. I think you can really get smart great flavors in that burger if you focus on getting good cuts of meat getting great fat content in there you don't need to put a bunch of stuff in there salt it put it on the grill nice high heat get a good sear on the outside finish it with black pepper it's outstanding but there's no right or wrong it's food it's food it's It's nourishment i have to be honest i'm a purist when it comes to a burger i don't want bells and whistles i don't want fancy condiment i want salts and apparently not pepper until after it's off it's the heat. Done, right. And I do I will take a toasted bun. Yeah, with I'll mayo. Do that. Okay. With mayo. With yes. ma- I should have made that I should have made that Chef Plum's tip number five for grilling. <laughs> Don't pepper your burger till the end. But uh, hey Paul from Bristol wants to talk a little bit too about lamb since we, we, we definitely stoked mm. the fire by mentioning lamb. Paul, welcome to season. What you got for us today? Hey, uh, thank you. Uh, great show. I'm actually uh, driving through Bristol right now. Nice. But um, I have two this beautiful cap of fat to it. It doesn't shrink that much on the grill, and it is one of the juiciest cuts of lamb that I've ever had, because I agree, I love cooking lamb on the grill. The fat and the flavor is just unmatched. Nice. Um, Another point, um, I know you were talking earlier about how to take tougher cuts of meat and kind of make them a little bit tender. Um. We're coming up on grilling season, which is also tomato season. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love to do with virtually any steak that I'm cooking on the grill is to just take the fresh steak, salt, and sorry I put pepper on it before I cook it, but salt, pepper, (laughs) and then cover that steak on both sides with some nice thick, like half-inch thick slices of fresh tomato. Wrap it in some film and throw it in the freezer again for just 20 to 30 minutes. And it's not freeze the meat, but it freezes and breaks down the tomato. There's so much science going on right now. Yes. It helps to break down the meat before you cook it. And it also helps to bring that flavor and that salty flavor into the meat. And I'll tell you, it's as good as any marinade. And uh, it's, you know, when it's tomato season, you just can't beat it. Oh, my God. Okay, Paul, this is fantastic. I'm stealing your idea. I'm going to give you credit for it. It's going to be Paul from Bristol Steak. This is a fan. Here's what happens. Tomatoes, when they get cold, the cell walls break. When the cell walls break, the natural juices come out of them, right? So as long as you have a nice garden-grown tomato, it's not a GMO tomato, because GMO tomatoes you buy from the store are actually injected with Pacific salmon genes, so the cell walls won't break because people put them in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. But that natural acid, that tomato starts to break down that steak. Christian, have you ever heard of this? This is fantastic. I'm totally doing this. I have not heard of it. And I've been I've been frantically writing down notes. So I know from Bristol, you, I'm go I'm off to the superhero store to buy you a cape because you should be flying around now with that piece of advice. I love it. Thank That's you, amazing. sir. <laughs> Paul, you might win yeah. caller of the day. That was awesome. Yeah, but real quick, Paul, um, you, you mentioned uh, the fat on that on that lamb sirloin. One of my one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. I went down to the uh, the Pampas in the south of Brazil to see where they raise the cattle and stuff, all these black Angus, right above Uruguay. And I went into a gaucho uh, hut because um, I was going to go cattle herding with the gauchos, with sure. the cowboys over there. And 
to start the day off, they, we were, they had a big fireplace inside the barn and they had these big swords in front of the, in front of the open hearth, uh, just skewered lamb ribs, just mangled lamb ribs covered in salt. And there was just pools of fat just sitting there in, on, at the base on this beautiful stone. I'm like, I guess they don't care about health and safety in here. <laughs> anyway, they, 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 this glistening, popping lamb fat, they, they, they took it off and they dip it in this thing called a in farafa, which is kind of this, I think it's the cassava root or something. They make a flour with it. Okay. I don't like it. It's okay in some things. But when I popped that, those, those little bits of you know meat with that glistening, you know, when that, that the fat is is so rendered and and golden it just melts in your mouth and it's like it is an umami bomb it's just the most it's my favorite fat i've ever eaten was that Mm. lamb rib on the border of uruguay so paul you're talking my language brother man and listen i left paul on the whole time that's like i mean he went caller of the day you could tell i left him on the whole time i didn't i didn't let him go that was awesome paul fantastic advice we're totally doing that the lamb sirloins, there's usually like a half an inch or so of fat on them. It's a very fatty steak. But, uh, you know, I throw it on the grill fat side down to hit that fat with heat and then flip it over and remove it from the high heat and just let it kind of trickle yeah. down through the meat. And, oh, my God, it is. It, if you can find them, it is worth the investment. That is what's up. Paul, we're on the way. We'll be there tonight. <laughs> Paul Paul made a good point. And one thing I think a lot of people uh, can try is, say when you get ribeyes or the, or those, that big fat on, on, a, on, oh, yeah. a, on a pork yep. chop or on the on, – if they leave a lot of fat on there, just cut into it. Make little slices. And when I, when I get a ribeye, I just cut into to where around the, where the deckle is and all that big kind of fat rib. And I just kind of do little slices in there. I want to I give that – fat a head start you know make some nooks and crannies you know create you know little spaces so that he can get in there and help render it quicker because the last thing i want to do when i bite into a ribeye is bite into lukewarm fat i want that i want that fat rendered popping glistening melt in my mouth savory awesome town you know Mm. absolutely awesome town's a place to go when you're talking (laughs) fat that's for sure hey we got a few (laughs) minutes left in the show if you want to get get your call in here now's the time 888-720-9677 or 888-720-WNPR dj barbecue while we were talking about lamb it made me think about other proteins that we can grill like chicken you have um a barbecue chicken and an alabama white sauce chicken what in the wide world of sports is that all about it, 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 it's the recipe that could bring about world peace. So there's a place called Big Bob Gibson's in northern Alabama. And Chris Lilly and, and, the, and Bob Gibson's, that, that, that's their baby. They have big buckets of the white sauce. White sauce is mayonnaise, vinegar. I use cider vinegar because uh, we, we have a lot of apple trees over here in the UK. And I love, my, I love that tang. Um, I, I squeeze in some lemon juice, a little couple glugs of Worcester sauce. And, and the good thing about Worcester sauce is it's 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 umami in, in a in a bottle. It's got all the flavors that all chefs are going for because it's got anchovies. Anchovies yeah. is just that is whatever the flavor profile they want. So I got that in there and tons of cracked pepper. Then I sometimes put some chili flakes. Mm-hmm. And it's a it, if you use like you know say a Hellman's or a Duke's and all those, um, you can actually dip your chicken after you cook maybe cook it halfway through three fourths through and then right near the end. You can you can set the sauce, but you kind of want to go indirect because if you're making a fresh mayonnaise, it'll split the sauce. So, you know, give it a little dip. But the way they would do it at the restaurant is after they've they've smoked the birds or cooked the birds, they just dunk the whole bird into the the bucket of, of white sauce and then pull it out. 
throw it on your on your table and that sauce sets they give you some like a dipping white sauce but i, I love barbecue sauce but the problem with barbecue sauce is it's got sugar yeah and people always want to put it on really early in the cook and all they do is burn the outside right. of the skin because the sugars burn over direct heat so you really want to either go indirect when you're doing barbecue sauce or add it towards the end so you don't burn it you, you want to set the sauce you don't want to burn the sauce white sauce doesn't have any sugar so you could add it a little bit earlier in the cook um but be i mean if it's if it's got the emulsifiers like your helmets and stuff you're going to be fine it won't really split but it will split if you're making a fresh one so just be careful but yeah it's a great way of bringing tang this makes uh, me so I, happy i have a tang tooth i call it <laughs> instead of a sweet tooth it's uh, probably because I, I drink too much beer <laughs> <laughs> hey, that white sauce is great on everything you know what else is great on i actually make that almost exact same sauce and i put it on fish i love to mm. sear scallops and finish it with that Alabama white sauce brother great scallops what, 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 with white sauce delicious you so you glaze it on the halfway through the cook or do you do it like at the beginning or when do you do it yeah great question so i'll sear the scallops off get really fresh scallops get a nice hard sear on them right and then i'll finish it with a little spoonful of, of sauce mm. on top of each one mm-hmm. and then i'll put some of the sauce actually on the plate as well and then plate the scallops up on top of that sauce it is so phenomenal you think about the butteriness the the umami we oh, talked about before the scallops so mixed with the tang of those of that sauce it's next level you know, I, I, I always say with scallops, you don't want to church them up. You don't want to do too much. Mm-mm. That is one thing I will do because I like to keep my scallops quite pure. Whenever people do like cauliflower puree or butternut squash puree, I'm like, I don't want to taste the puree. I want to taste the squash. I want to taste, taste the scallop. But if I can do anything to bring more kind of savoriness to that scallop, you know, like garlic, butter, salt, pepper, all the classics that you do, whether just to let that sing, I'm, I'm writing this idea down. So I got this idea. The tomatoes, the frozen tomatoes that aren't GMO, and and this bit of advice is great. Thank you, guys. I've learned a lot today. Listen, oh, wow. It's a good food conversation going on, right? Before we wrap this fantastic hour up, uh, last thoughts on veggies. Any of them more forgiving to make on a grill than others? You know, uh, I love um, – I think, like, probably one-fourth of my books are veggie. I love uh, cauliflower, shawarma, you know, swede, celeriac. I First thing I do when I let up my grill – throw onions right in the coals, you know, yeah. go, go dirty onions, peppers. Um, if you're going to cook for a friend, just take, get every vegetable they got in that, in that, in that aisle. Cause you know, everything likes being grilled, chicory, onions, you know, zucchini, uh, it all loves a bit of live fire. And if it's, if it's like a harder vegetable, like say a carrot, blanch them first, you know, mm. give them a blanch. The, here is a great technique. My favorite thing to do is I smoke potatoes. So I smoke bacon. So I just get a bunch of potatoes, cover them with olive oil and some sea salt, flake salt, throw them in direct and just give them, you know, that, that time until they're soft and I'll make, and then I'll char up loads of spring, uh, scallion. We call them spring onions here. Just sure. burn them, you know, cause they, they got that cover and then get some really fatty sour cream and then maybe whip some Philadelphia uh, cream cheese in there to make it Look even naughtier and then chop in that, that, that scallion and make a true sour cream and then top the potatoes, but always make more potatoes than you need. And the next day they make great chips, home fries and hashes. I cannot wait Fantastic. for summer. Fantastic. Christian, thank you so much for sharing this time with us. We certainly appreciate it. No, oh, thanks for having me. You guys are awesome, man. You guys both have beautiful voices. Hey, well, that a boy, DJ Barbecue. I don't we know about all that. It, man. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Hey, last one, really quick, 10 second question, beer or bourbon while you're grilling? 
Oh, a bit of both. A snifter <laughs> of, of bourbon or whiskey and then a cold bear every time. Nice. <laughs> there it is, man. DJ Barbecue. Go get his book. And some of the recipes are on our website as well. And check him out on YouTube as well. DJ Barbecue, we appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, guys. Uh, he is the best. What a fun conversation that was, huh? So great. Uh, it was amazing. Hey, Seasoned is produced by Robin Doyen-Aiken and Katie Talarski. Thanks to Carmen Baskoff, who helped us out with the phones today. Go to our website right now, and you can get recipes from DJ Barbecue's grilling books. You'll find a few that we mentioned here this hour, plus some we didn't quite get to. And we guarantee you'll have fun making them, I promise you. Visit ctpublic.org seasoned and click the recipes tab on the right. I'm Chef Plum. And I'm Marisol Castro. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great long weekend with lots of cooking outdoors. Fingers crossed the weather holds up. I'm grilling right now. See you next week.